We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, before we get started, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know how to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, We'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. The best part is you could get all this for only $15 a month. That's the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance into this program is limited. So get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. And now the Knicks can dribble it out. This What a feel-good victory for the Knicks. So many players contributed. Their best offensive performance of the season with 140 points, 59% from the field, and 19 of 36 from three. Rosen quickly needed that, Mike. They had some funky games in the last three games erupting tonight. Oh boy! Sorry, we had a little technical difficulties there for a second. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, I don't even have the words. No words. There's a lot of words out there. I don't have them. Do not possess them. Um, the Knicks win 287 to 121. Uh, yeah, so they score 141 points against the worst defense in the league. Um, this is one of, you know, it's funny. There's some games that come on and I come on here and I'm like, what, what am I going to talk about? Um, you know, there's, I could try to focus on this or that. It's like, there's now 18 things that I want to focus on and I don't know which one to start with. You know what I'm going to start with? The 
Alec Burks hitting 8,000 threes, Taj Gibson hitting a three, bench blowing up, um, Frank doing Frank things, quickly hitting, you know, getting 50 points on five shots. And you know what the thing is that I woke up my wife with? You know what it is? Chris Persiani on MSG Network. Shout out to my boy. Um, so this was obviously a big win. And, uh, oh, Michael Aaron in the super chat already. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I have to read this in full. Maybe it's because I'm old, sappy, and a father now. I'm all three of those things, Michael. Don't feel bad. Um, but the closeness and camaraderie of this team makes me feel so happy. Also, Taj's screens give me life. I completely agree. Um, I think, you know, look, it's 16 and 17 now, right? Um, did I get that right? 16, 17, or was it 15, 16, something? They're a game under 500. I have said it a lot this year, and it's why when people come at me with, like, clearly obvious things um, about, like, why is Tibbs playing Alfred Payton when clearly it doesn't make any sense because we just saw this tonight, and, like, the rotations are funky and he's not playing the kids enough, I just always go back to the spirit of this team. And how we've watched team after team after team after team in the city come out there. And it's like just everybody, it's like they're going to work and they're doing their job and there's no pizzazz and there's no, there's no that stuff that we see when we play every other team every other year. And whatever he's doing, and he, he listen, you can criticize Tibbs all you want. It's legit. Um, he's not perfect. But he's doing something that has this team playing together, that has this team pulling for each other. They're all in it together. It's it's just it's beautiful to see. They're trying to play the right way, even when they screw up, right? When you get the turnovers and you get, you know, maybe a botched rotation or something. It's in the spirit of making the right play. Even Julius Randle. Julius Randle didn't have one of his better games tonight. He had 21 points and he had four turnovers. Um, to only or five turnovers to only five assists, you know, not his best game, but even when he's turning the ball over, he's trying to make the right play. And to see, and you know, I'm going to go here first, you know, I'm going to go here first to see Frank Nilakina. And I don't know if you guys have noticed Frank Nilakina on the bench since he got out of quarantine in Miami. And by the way, how did Frank Nilakina spend a week? in quarantine in Miami in a posh hotel room and he didn't get another groin injury. It's beyond me, but we don't have to talk about that. If you've seen him on the bench since he's been back, he's into it. He's focused. He's clapping. He's cheering. He's like with the whole thing. Never gave in, never gave up. And he got his chance tonight. And we've been, you know, every time he came on the zoom last week or a couple days ago, whatever it was, and um, he's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for my turn. Tibbs has been asked about Frank. And Tibbs is like, when he gets his time, he'll be ready. And I thought it was lip service. I'll be honest with you. I thought it was all lip service. I didn't think he was ever going to play another healthy minute for the Knicks again. And um, he came in, and it's like, boom. And what is that a testament to? I think it's a testament to Frank. I think it's a testament to Tibbs. I think it's a testament to the whole organization, how they've started to turn around this year. And boy, I mean, I know, I know what y'all want me to talk about, which is already like, well, what now? Right? Because we, we, it's not about enjoying this win. 
It's about what's next. It's about what do we do now that we've seen Frank go in there. And I don't know what his stat line is. Um, I see some very nice comments in the chat. Quick, quick smoke. Okay. Quick Lakina. Quick Alina. Quick Alina. That's, a, that's an interesting one. Um, we'll have to work on the nicknames. Um, but, you know, he came in and, and what were his numbers? He scored seven points. <laughs> Right. So seven points, uh, three steals, three steals. That's a Frankie. That's a Frankie number um, Two assists. I mean, but you saw the trickle down effect. Um, it was obvious. Um, we got Greg film stuff with the uh, super chat comment. We all love quickly, but he's not a point guard and he's best suited at the two. We need his offense, but he tends to have tunnel vision and he kind of refuses um, to lead fast breaks and looks guys off on the half court. Um, I think quickly is what is not the traditional definition of a point guard. I think Emmanuel quickly is what we see for most of the league right now, which is a guard who can handle the ball and can initiate the offense and he could do some stuff, but he's not in that traditional, like I'm going to distribute. That's like, here's the thing. What is a point guard, right? What is the point guard in 2021? And what has a point guard been, honestly, for the last 20 years? Really, what you're talking about when you're talking about point guard, you're talking about Frank Nilekina, the guy who just wants to come in and he wants to distribute and he wants to facilitate and all that stuff, which is why, if you're really talking about why Frank Nilekina has had the career he's had, it's because he's not more of a new age point guard. He's not the guy that got picked after him, Donovan Mitchell. Um, quickly is more of that new age guy. Does it mean he can't run an offense? No, but I agree with you, and I think the point that you're trying to make is that quickly functions better when there's somebody alongside of him who can worry about the facilitation, but, but and here's the key, is also an off-ball threat and doesn't really want the ball and doesn't really want to initiate the offense possession after possession, which is why I think, in theory, quickly and frank makes a lot more sense than quickly and rose. Um, we got Kane Marco with a comment in the super chat, removing Elf and installing Frank, put everyone in their proper positions and it showed what we are capable of Rose starting and quick leading the bench. I completely agree with that. It just, it felt right. Um, let's, let's talk, let's actually talk from the top down. So the starting lineup Rose is in there instead of Alfred Payton. Um, you know, no one's really going to guard Rose on the three point line, um, or pay much attention to him. But the fact is they can't just ignore him, which teams are doing for Peyton. And the other thing, I don't think Alfred Peyton has taken maybe four or five long twos this year. That's not necessarily an efficient shot for Derrick Rose, but it's a shot teams have to fear. And it's a team. It's a shot teams have to respect. Um, And I think the fact that he could even do that opens up the spacing that much more. He puts more as as much pressure on the rim as Peyton, if not more. He's a better distributor than Peyton. Um, when he gets into the paint, he is he's here's the thing with Derrick Rose. He's a diminished player from what he was. He's far from a perfect player, but he's able to toe this line, which is that when he goes into the paint, he's able to still wear both hats, right? He can get his own basket or try to get his own basket which he's moderately successful at. He's not great finishing at the rim right now, but he doesn't go the, in the, to the paint 
on these drives with a predetermined mindset of I'm going to shoot this ball, which is what we've kind of gotten accustomed to from Alfred Payton. Derek Rose, when he goes in there, he has the ability to still make that decision all the way up until the time he gets to the basket, which is why if you look at drives per 36 minutes in the NBA this year, I haven't checked them in the last week, but Derek Rose was right near the top, drives a ton, and his assist percentage on those drives is pretty good. Not great. It's not in like the top 25th or 30th percentile in the league, but it's well above average. And Peyton didn't do that. Um, Peyton's assist percentage on the, on drives was in like the bottom third of the league. So that right there, I think, is a big difference between the two of them. In addition to the shooting, the defensive drop-off, I don't think is that big of a deal. Um, Jonas Plot asks, is this the end of Rivers? I think Rivers is just waiting to get a trade. Um, and they'll find a trade for Rivers. Um, he's a good guy. I don't, uh, you know, he, he went up there in front of the mic the other day and was, he was professional about it. Um, but yeah, I think the fact, the fact that Frank played tonight over Austin, you know, writing's probably on the wall. Um, uh, where, uh, we got Latrell Sprewell is the American dream. Great, great name. Where is this IQ RJ every night, Macri? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, that's actually a good place to turn. Um, RJ Barrett. So RJ Barrett had what I would consider. I don't think this is crazy. I think this is one of his better games that he's played. And people got mad at me because I came on here last week or whenever it was the Minnesota game. Um, when he had 20 points and 10 rebounds on, I think 19 shots. 19 shots, 20 shots, whatever. And I came on here and I was like, I, I didn't think he had a good game because I thought he took a lot of shots that were not great shots and he was forcing it. And tonight he had 12 points on eight shots um, and he also had three assists, but they were nice assists and he made a couple of other good passes. This is the version of RJ Barrett that I want to see. And I think this is the version of RJ Barrett that is going to be the most successful version of what he can be, at least at this point in his career. You know, um, I I understand we're asking way more of this kid than we have any right to. He is 20 years old. He's younger than Quickly. He's two years younger than Obi Toppin. Um, Alan Berman with comment, no Peyton equals spacing to start the game. Yeah. Um, it helped playing the Kings. That's that's the one thing that I want to say um, about tonight is like they had uh, obviously they had 140 points. They ended up with 25 assists, which is not the pace. On at halftime, they were on uh, a 30 assist pace. Only ended up with 25. That's because Alec Burks was going crazy in the fourth quarter to a certain extent. Um, but I, I'm it's. It's tough to judge, right? What's the meaning of this? Because the Kings, I, I mean, I should probably check my phone because I feel like I'm going to get a text any second um, that says that Luke Walton has been fired. I, I don't obviously know anything, but, um, you know, it was that kind of a performance from the Kings, and it's been that kind of a performance for a while. So I don't know how real this is, Um but the effort behind what they were trying to do with starting five was clearly there. And the effort that RJ was putting in 
trying to make the right play was clearly there. I actually thought Randall didn't have one of his best games. I thought the the some of the turnovers were a little sloppy, even though, like I said, the intentionality was correct. But he's an all-star, and the fact that he had, like, a really good game um, and we're, um, I could sit here and be like, yeah, this wasn't one of Randall's best games, and he's 21-14, four assists. It's like that. that's why Julius Randall's an all-star. Um, or, or Reggie Bullock, four for eight, um, including two of six from three. A nice night. His threes were big, I thought. I thought Noel played a really good game. All right. What should we talk about first? Should we talk about Alec Burks? Should we talk about Emmanuel quickly? We talked about Frank. Um, I got to talk about quickly. So quickly ended up somehow with 10 shots. How did he end up with 10 shots? He, he took my nice little stat that I had and he completely pissed all over it. Um, if anybody didn't see on Twitter, when he had seven shots, he had 25 points on seven shots at one point, And he was one of, at the time, only three Knicks to do that, but he, he took three more shots. So that stat goes by the wayside. Um, Breen mentioned it a few times. He's coming off of two horrendous games. And he's been a bit of a slump for a while. And he just, he doesn't let it get to him. And that's that's a thing that, like, if you have a, a player on your team that doesn't, that is able to bust out of a slump like this, let alone a rookie on your team that's able to bust out of a slump like this, ooh, boy. And, um, man, it's just... What's nice about it is we know that whatever quickly becomes, there's a baseline. And the baseline is his shooting. And specifically, his ability to hit those shots from the outside, hit deep threes, and draw fouls on those threes. Um, The distribution, the penetration, and kicking out, and making the right play, and maybe getting his lob game going on. Like We'll see if that stuff comes. I think it will, because he's a point guard at heart, and he says he's a point guard at heart. Um, <laughs> um, but like, I'm happy with like the guarantee. Um, I can't wait. I was texting uh, someone before I was saying, if he starts drawing fouls on the drives, like he draws fouls behind the arc, it's game over. It's game over because at that point he becomes one of the best young players in the NBA. Um, and I don't think that's an overstatement. Because at that point, you could put the ball in his hands and he could be, if not a primary initiator on a team, he could be something pretty close to it. If he's if he gets the knack of drawing fouls in the paint, um, even if he doesn't become a great finisher, but like he does need to attempt more finishes around the basket. That's the one thing I still want to see from quickly that we haven't seen enough of is a little bit more finishes around the rim. Um, he becomes Trey Young. Yeah, pretty much, except with better defense. I know he's not huge, but I think quickly he's going to be a better defending uh, guard than Trey Young, and I think he's. I think guys like playing with quickly more than they like playing with Trey Young. I don't think people want to play with Trey Young. That's just me, but quickly's a guy like. I think he. Here's the thing about quickly: when he takes those threes, he never takes a three where you're like, "Oh, that was a bad shot. That was a forced shot. That was too. That was too uh, quick. No pun intended." Um, I I think quickly's a. a I, this is insane to say. I can't say he has a higher ceiling than Trey Young because Trey Young might lead the league in scoring someday. But I think quickly, yeah, sure, he could be in that mold. Why not? Um, all right, let's uh, let's hit on let's hit on Alec Burks. Alec Burks ended up with 
24 points on 12 shots. He was 5 of 8 from 3. Absolute heat check fourth quarter. I mean, I don't know about anybody else. My um I was I was sweating a little bit in that fourth quarter. Because I just what did it get down to? Did it get down to five at one point? Five points? Five four points? Five points? Something like that? Um, and I was like, when did this happen? Um, and it, it, but it happened. And then Burks, man. Yeah. That was all Alec Burks. Yeah. It got down to five. There you go. Thank you. Uh, everybody you saying so, and they needed this win. Like if they ever, this is where you feel like a season can turn on a game because at this point they got two games left against Detroit. They got a game against San Antonio, and they got a game against Indiana before the All-Star break. And I think this team needs the All-Star break. Um, they've played a ton of back-to-backs. They've played I, – I was looking uh, a couple weeks ago about back-to-backs, and the Knicks had played, I think, four. Maybe they played four or five. And, like, there had been other teams in the NBA that had played, like, one back-to-back. So this Knicks schedule is easing up. But I think it has taken a toll on them. Um, and I think they need the all-star break. And I think it was important. It is important still. We're not there yet. They Listen, this is the Knicks. They still go through slumps. They're capable of losing any game against anybody. But they got a real, real, real shot here to go into this all-star break. Either a game under 500 or I don't even know how to say this. I don't even I can't even I can't even get the words out. There's a legitimate chance that they could go into the All-Star break over 500. That's like the fact that we could sit here and say that that's a possibility. <laughs> Peter B, we could be fourth in the East, man. The way the Celtics are going and the way like some of these other teams are going, shit. I so I'm going to be very 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 curious to see how they come out um on saturday night um which is their next game uh against indiana and it's a home game and like i feel like the couple of times when the knicks have come out and it's like you know let's see if we're there yet they show us they're not there yet let's see how they do against indiana at home they could beat that team that team's not better than them um, and then Detroit on the road, San Antonio on the road, and then and then uh, Detroit back at home. So, yeah, Tibbs right now on the post game. I thank you for uh, conveying that, Mister Sandman. I thought Frank's defense was fantastic. Oh, Frank, 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 Frank. What are we gonna do, with you man? I want you to stay here. I want you to stay here in New York. I want you to be here for a long time. I want you to be the first Nick since Charlie Ward to sign your second contract. Um, with the team, I or a rookie extension, I, I should say, because other players have signed a second contract. Um, I just don't know what they're going to do. I wish I knew. I wish I knew what they were going to do. If there, if there were ever a situation where you could milk an injury, it's Elf right now with a hamstring. Hamstring is like you don't want to screw around with a hamstring. Hamstrings are bad. You know, once you break a hamstring, that's it. You can't fix it. It's gone off into the ether. Um, so they could milk this. 
And like, I would love nothing more for them to come out before the weekend and be like, you know what? We're so close to the all-star break. We're going to shut down Alfred Payton until then. Because why not? Like, really, what do you have to lose by doing that? You have Derek Rose ready to, to slot right into the starting lineup. I don't think anybody, and a few people are saying, I've been saying throughout the chat, like cut Elf. They're not going to cut Elf. I just, look, if they do, I want everybody in here who's saying cut Elf to come back in here and like yell at me and call me all kinds of names. I don't think they're going to cut, cut Elf or Payton. Should they cut Elf or Payton? No. Because I could talk myself into some team out there giving up something for him. I've been known to talk myself into some silly shit. Um, but no, I don't think they're going to cut him because one, there's no reason to cut him, um, because they're not facing any kind of a roster crust crunch right now. But two, it's like, and I, I've said this a lot. He's useful on, in the right situ- situation. He's useful on the right team. He does one thing really, really well. Like this is going to sound nuts, but like he is able to get to the rim as well as like pretty almost any point guard in basketball that doesn't have extraordinary athleticism and speed, his handles breaking down guys and getting to the rim is like, yeah, I saw, um, let me give credit where credit is due. Uh, Harrison rich, a report came out today that the Clippers want a veteran point guard. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if Alfred Payton is the answer for them, but like, why wouldn't Alfred Payton want to go play in LA for a championship? He should. Will he help them? I don't I don't know, but I think he could help somebody. Um, he's not a bad defender when he's trying hard. So I'm just really I'm celebrating tonight. This feels like a celebration. Tomorrow's Friday. This is fantastic. Um so uh, let's see what they do with Elf. But like seriously, if they sit Elf out for a short a somewhat extended period of time, start Rose, you're not losing anything because if nothing else, they now have an indication that, like, Emmanuel quickly plus Frank Nilakina off the bench works. So, you know, I don't know. I think maybe this is a night that we'll look back on. We'll see. We'll see. But it could be a night we look back on and say that's the night the Knicks figured out something. And to everybody's credit, who has been coming into every one of these and yelling at me, through the chat about why would you defend Tom Thibodeau for playing Alfred Payton? If they actually do incorporate Frank into the rotation and like send Elf elsewhere or just bench him or whatever, and like they play better as a result of that, Thibodeau deserves every ounce of blame for, and obviously I'm his biggest defender, but I will say this, he deserves every ounce of blame for sticking with Payton for so long um, although they, they did make the rose trade, so the rose trade kind of we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Changes things. So we're not, I, I'm not going to allow that much blame for Tibbs. I'll allow some blame for Tibbs. Um, and the Rose trade was like somewhat recent, so it's not like he was going to bench him right away. So maybe I take that back. But um, no, in, in look. In fairness, even even without Rose, there was, you know, I you didn't need to start Peyton, um, but he has, and look, it's got them to this point. If if nothing else, it has gotten to the point where they are they have this record. It's better than anybody thought. It's been a fun season. Um, I'm gonna take some questions in the chat. So if you got anything you're wondering, uh, let me know because I can't believe it. I've actually. That's not – did Walden really just get fired? No. Okay. Someone put it in the chat that Walden just got fired. Um, don't screw with me like that. Um, all right. What are some uh, – Frankie Quills. I like that name. Uh, Yo, Macri, keep up the great work, brother. Love the pod, newsletters, and post games. You're doing great. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Um, thoughts on Halliburton? Man, he's good. He's really good. He's going to help – He's not going to be the first. He's not going to be like a, a a guy that turns around a franchise, obviously. Um, but he's going to help teams win for a long time. I don't know if he, is he going to have. I think the ceiling for Halliburton, man. I almost said I think his ceiling is a Draymond Green level impact on a team. But that would mean that he would be not that obviously not that level of defender. Draymond Green's the best defender of this century. But just in terms of being, if you put Tyrese Halliburton alongside the right two guys, I'm wondering what the ceiling of that team would be. If he's the third best guy, but the first two guys are like out of this world good. Um, Dirty Dancer just said he's just George Hill to me. Maybe he might just be George Hill. I think that's the floor, though. Um, somebody else mentions Robert Horry. Yeah, I think Robert Horry's probably – so let's do that. Let's say that Draymond Green is his, like, 99th percentile outcome. Let's say that um, Robert Horry, in terms of an impact, is probably, like, his 65th or 70th percentile outcome. And let's say that um, – I forget who the other person that uh, was brought up uh, is his, his like, George Hill. I would say George Hill right now is probably his like 35th percentile outcome or 30, like 40th percentile outcome, something like that. I think he's going to be better than George Hill. He's really good though. Um, hold on. We had something else in the super chat. Mensa Smith. If it becomes clear that Peyton holds us back, how important is it that we make a trade at the deadline? Lonzo and IQ sounds like heaven. Whew, boy. See, this is where games like this make you wonder, like if you're the Knicks, If you're the Knicks, how much do you need Lonzo Ball this season? 
but then again, it's not about this season. That's what makes it complicated, right? You're not, you're paying the price to get Lonzo Ball this season, right? Because New Orleans is not going to give him away for free. I guarantee you they're going to ask for a first-round draft pick. So baked into the price is what he could do for you this season. Except you don't really need him this season. You want him because you think Lonzo Ball is part of your answer for the next five years. Is he? I don't know. He might be. But what? so what is it worth to just wait until the offseason and try to what, like, what is the overpay going to look like if you're just trying to overpay him in restricted free agent, re- restricted free agency? And how different is that overpay going to be from if you traded for him and then somebody else tries to overpay him? So, like, you could trade for him and still find yourself in the same shitty situation of having to overpay for him. And you just gave up. I don't know what it's going to take to get him. The, the 2023 Dallas pick, and, you know, the, the Pistons pick this year, at the very least they're going to want the Pistons pick this year. I find the, the Lonzo Ball situation fascinating. I don't know what the right answer is, um, but, I mean, I hope they're kicking the tires. So that's interesting. Um, House Flan, that's a fun name. Halliburton could be Mike Connolly, question mark. I think Mike Connolly is a little better than Halliburton because I think Mike Connolly had some real – like lead guard skills. And I don't think Halliburton's a lead guard. I think he's a secondary guy. Um, Kyle Lowry in terms of impact, maybe, but that's, Oh man, Kyle Lowry's a hall of famer. I can't go Kyle Lowry right now. And Tyrese Halliburton. I got to see more. Um, yeah. Kyle, Kyle Lowry's a bit much for me. Um, okay. What else we got? What could we get for rivers? A top 50 protected second round pick. I think if they move rivers, they're going to move rivers to do rivers a favor. Um, and it's not going to be like, they're not going to get any kind of asset back. Um, I do think they could get like a middle, a middling second round pick for, for Peyton though. Um, we'll see. <laughs> Manny Ortiz, Theo Pinson might be the worst player I've seen in a while, but I love him. I love him too. Um, Jeremy Chase, when is Darren Fox demanding a trade? Uh, tomorrow, I hope. That would be great. That would be absolutely lovely. Um, I, I I wish he would – man, whew, what I wouldn't give up. Y'all are going to hate me when I tell you what I would give up for De'Aaron Fox because I love that dude. Um, what is Knox's value right now? Question from Mike, uh, Michael Bernholtz. Um, and then also, Will Grimotes. Grimotes? I hope I got that right. I'm sorry if I didn't. What would it take to get Terrence Ross? Um, what's Knox's value right now? I don't think you could get a first round pick for him. I think it was, it's something under a first round pick. I think Knox right now would be like the skid greaser on Alonzo ball deal. Meaning like, I think again, I'm not saying they should do this or they will do this, but like something centered around a future first, like maybe the Dallas 2023 pick and Knox maybe get you Lonzo would, would be my guess. Maybe that's probably actually an overpay for Lonzo, but whatever. Um, what would it take to get Terrence Ross? Mm. I don't know what Orlando's priorities are right now. Um, and I'm, I'm going to get to this question in a bit from Yab, your boy Benz, your boy Benz. That's a great name. Um, I think the magic will ask for a first round pick for Terrence Ross. And I bet 
I don't know what, how the money would work out. I don't know who the team is, but I bet some team out there would give up a first round pick for Terrence Ross. Um, like a team like the Clippers did for us last year for Marcus Morris. Does Terrence is Terrence Ross going to have a Marcus Morris level impact on a team trying to get a championship this year? I think come close. So yeah, I think they could probably get a first. Maybe not this year. Maybe soon. Um, okay, your boy Benz. Should we look at finding a player to just do what we do better, or a superstar that creates so much gravity that we get better because of him? I, I think um, if they could get a superstar, they'll they should get a superstar. But I don't I don't think they could get a superstar right now. I I man, every time this team plays well, in the back of my head. I'm like, what's it going to take to get Bradley Beal if they put him on the market? And why would that be? Why would that be stupid? And I've I've come on here many times and written like it's not the right time for Bradley Beal. And uh, uh, okay, so people are. Oh, I th- I think we have a question about like, can we go get Mike Connolly or Kyle Lowry? Um, Utah's not going to trade Mike Connolly. So if you want Mike Connolly, you're going to have to sign him in free agency. Um, yeah, I'd love if the Knicks had, uh, Shea Gilders, Alexander. Good, good comment, Zeke. That'd be really nice. Um, Matthew Bermold says Beal is a terrible defender. He's not a terrible defender. He, I think he tries. I just, I think it's tough to judge somebody's defense on a team that's like completely garbage. Um, and they're like, nobody else is playing defense. So how could you expect him to play defense? If Julius Randle could turn around his defense, anybody can. And Bradley Beal has defended decently in the past. Um, Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry. So Kyle Lowry is going to be a free agent. The Raptors, as we as a, as I sit here right now, as I sit, oh man, I feel bad. I should. I don't. I really don't want to read this. I'm not going to say who, but someone who. Covers the Kings just messaged me <laughs> and said Kings Twitter is in pure chaos. Eh, you hate to see it. Um, anyway, Kyle Lowry. Um, as we sit here right now, Kyle Lowry uh, is on the Toronto Raptors, who are wait for it, sixteen and seventeen. They have the exact same record as the New York Knicks. Um. I don't think they're going to trade Lowry unless they're like going to blow it up this season. I don't think they're going to blow it up this season. Would I sign Kyle Lowry in the offseason? In a New York minute. I love the idea of Kyle Lowry in the offseason. I'd give that dude two years and, oh boy. I given Kyle Lowry two years, $40 million. Probably going to take more than that to get him. I'd give it to him. I'd give him two years of $40 million. Why not? Why the hell not? Um, yeah, I, if I could pick one, I don't think you're getting Kyle Lowry for two years, $30 million. I think Kyle Lowry is going to be like, I'll take one year, $30 million. <laughs> but <laughs> somebody saying $50 million, I think I, my guess would be Lowry would be like, yeah, I, I'll take 50 uh, over two years, but I do. Th- Here's the thing: I think you get Kyle Lowry for two years. I think you could absolutely get Kyle Lowry for two years. And if you're if you're the Knicks, as long as you think Kyle Lowry can help you for two years, I, I don't know how insane that is, because we always go back to the same shit. 
what are they spending their money on? What are they spending their money on? Because presumably, if they sign Kyle Lowry to that contract this offseason, they're doing it because Kawhi Leonard isn't coming, and they and Victor Oladipo wants something crazy. And who else is really available that we want? They're they're concerned about Spencer Dinwiddie's injury. Like basically they will have decided, all right, there's nothing else out there for us to spend our money on. So really, when you're talking about giving Kyle Lowry the bag for two years, you're not talking about giving him the bag for two years. You're talking about giving him the bag for one year because the second year is the only year that really matters because the opportunity cost of the first year is not really anything special. So then you fast forward to 2022 and you look at the free agent class in 2022 and it's like there's nothing really going on there. Um, Steph Curry ain't leaving Golden State. Uh, James Harden is not – like, whatever. I don't want to sign James Harden in 2022. Um, but the point is, as long as you think that you could move an expiring Kyle Lowry in a pinch, if you needed to, in a deal for uh, a superstar who's demanding a trade, like, you do that. And by the way, you don't even have to move him. You could move somebody else. Like, it's only $25 million if you do two for 50. And maybe you do declining. Maybe you do two for 50 where the first year is like 26 million. The second year is 23 million or something like that. You know, um, James Minkin, is there a stretch five available? Not any good ones. Uh, maybe in the draft, uh, Alan Berman. Hi, Alan. Is Harrison Barnes, anyone Bueller? <laughs> I like Harrison Barnes. I just don't know about his fit on this team. Um, Ooh, Manny. Manny always asks some interesting questions. Does Kawhi make us a title contender? Yeah. Sure. Why the fuck not? Yeah. Yes, he does. Um, Taj is a stretch five. Great comment. Porzingis is available. I'll bet he is, baby. Um, James Argalagos. RJ and the 21 and 23 first rounders for Fox. Don't ask me that question. Don't ask me that question. I don't want to answer that question. I, I plead the fifth. Um, just draft Springer from Tennessee. Why not both? Why not sign Kyle Lowry and we draft Jalen Springer? Um, by the way, everybody, shameless plug, check out tomorrow's Knicks Film School podcast. I have um, one of the best in the business, not going to spoil who it is, coming on to talk draft. Uh, we get into Jalen Springer. We get into a ton of guys. But good, good draft uh, pod. All right, I'm going to take a couple more and then get out of here before the 40-minute mark because I um, am, need to go write something. Um, is Taj Gibson the greatest shooter of all time? Yes. Um, is RJ's floor Harrison Barnes? That's a great question. I think his floor is probably a tad lower because Barnes was the – fourth best player on a title team, right? They had Iggy, they had Steph, Iggy, Clay. All right, he was the fifth best player on a title team. Um, No, it's not SK Perlman. If RJ, like, if, can I sit here right now and say that RJ Barrett's floor is as the fifth best player on a title team? Hmm. Is that his floor? Might not be his floor. I think that's his like 15th percentile outcome. Um, but I think like Harrison Barnes is a damn good player. He's a guy that gets paid $20 million a year and he's a tradable contract. He's good. Um, 
is RJ's ceiling comment from Jonas Plout a DeRozan-esque type? I think his ceiling is higher than that. I think his ceiling is higher than DeRozan. And I realize that I've I've been hard on RJ in the past. Um, and DeRozan might be a Hall of Famer. I think he probably is. And I think RJ's ceiling is higher than that. I really do. I think he could be a better version of DeRozan if everything comes together. But that's we're talking like 95th percentile outcome, maybe higher. Um, uh, Karim Assur, apparently RJ is shooting 43% from three in his last 21 games. Is it sustainable? Hell yes. Go back even further. If you look at RJ's uh, shooting percentage from three in the calendar year 2021, so basically after those first five games, which was the three for three and then the um, 0 for 21, he's a 30 after tonight, he's above 37%. So, yeah, I think RJ's shooting from three is legit. Here's the thing you got to focus on with RJ's shooting. Um, he's He gets a lot of time to load up on these shots. Actually, that's not true. He had a couple – he has had a lot of time to load up on these shots for most of the season. Tonight, though, he had a couple really quick release threes. And one in particular that stands out in my mind was on the the near side, um, closest to us as we're watching the TV. That was a terrible description. My apologies. But that was a really quick release he had. And um, he went in, and it looked really pretty. And he's gotten really better about setting his feet quickly and getting into that shooting form, which has been really repeatable over and over and over again. So you know what? To hell with anyone who puts a cap on RJ's ceiling as a shooter. No, he's not going to be a movement shooter. But can he be a good, sustainable 37-38% um, shooter from three? Absolutely. Why not? He's he's showing us that. Um, my, my concerns about him are still around the basket. But um, anyway. All right, this is the last one. Am I crazy for thinking that Randall hasn't liked Frank since he's been here? Have you seen or heard this yourself? I haven't heard that myself. Um, I, I just, you know, I think um, I think Randall was was really frustrated at the beginning of last season, and I, I think Frank being in the starting point guard at that at that time was, you know, that he he was not like it just wasn't working. It's not on Frank. It's not on Randall. It's not on. It's not on anybody. It just. It wasn't working. I don't think. I don't think Randall has any specific frustrations with Frank. Maybe he does, and I just ha- haven't. I don't know. Um, but I, I have not heard anything to that effect. So. Whew, okay. Um, <laughs> this was fun. This was a lot of fun. I really like. Man, it's so nice to have a win like this every now and then, where so much good shit happens. And um, the Knicks, the New York. Knickerbockers are 16 and 17 tied for fifth in the East. And they play a team on Saturday night that if they beat, they might be fourth in the East. It's just, it's wild, just wild and crazy stuff. I'm loving every minute of it. I hope you are too. Thank you everybody for, um, checking this out uh hit the thumbs up if you can uh subscribe uh if you're not subscribed and uh don't forget check out the podcast tomorrow it was a lot of fun and uh you're gonna enjoy it i i I won't drink it i'm not gonna say anything else i won't drink it and i'll see everybody um on saturday unless my wife decides to give birth in which case i will not see you (laughs)
Or maybe I will, because I'll have my laptop. So anyway, uh, I'll see you pretty soon. Enjoy the weekend.